Welcome back to Chit Chat. Today, it's just the five of us. What are your thoughts on the Kardashians and how they impacted the standards of beauty for everyone? As much as I love to hate the Kardashians, from a beauty perspective, they actually really changed the game in terms of what is deemed beautiful. With them, people started to appreciate more almond-shaped eyes, more pronounced cheekbones, contouring, darker skin tones. If you actually look at beauty influencers across the board right now, it's now another different kind of sea of sameness mm -hmm. where everyone looks the same but they are all imitating that kardashian look and even in terms of body image where you like would only see skinny girls before mm -hmm. the kardashians and now curviness is appreciated although it moves in our favor of having thick hair and thick eyebrows and looks more similar to what we are it's again a standard of beauty that not everybody can be expected to fulfill. That's what contouring is, right? Contouring is basically like, how do you make your nose look smaller? And I think it's less about acceptance and more like, how do I literally shape it into this other ideal? I do appreciate them for, like you said, bringing in women of color. Indian women generally tend to be curvier than what used to be the beauty standard of a more waif-looking runway model. That said, you look at Kim Kardashian, they talk about how she maybe removed a rib, you know, <laughs> yes, curvier, but your waist is way thin. It's still know. an unapproachable, like un yeah. unreasonable perception of beauty. Maybe Priyanka Chopra is more realistic. She, when it comes to her body, might be more natural. I don't know about her other things. Her other things? <laughs> I feel like she might have had some plastic surgery to her face. Also from a beauty standpoint, I love the Fenty line from Rihanna because it was one of the first mass available lines, like affordable beauty makeup, where you had all sorts of shades. Coming from the beauty industry, that's not normal. You only have like 12 to 15 shades per brand. And if you think about that from a global standpoint, we're not just 15 shades of, of color. They were kind of like white beauty brands black beauty brands or it's Asian beauty brands and it was a very like subculture and you went to your own store mm -hmm. to buy hair products. We grew up in um, Miami. We kind of look like the average person and at some point maybe in generations perhaps there's going to be a drowning of America. Well people are going to look more like each other at some point and I think mm -hmm. we've kind of had an advantage towards us being Indian and growing up in Miami. And I grew up partially yeah. in parts of New Jersey and Maryland and I remember in parts of Maryland somebody was like so what are you white or black they've never seen a brown person before <laughs> the extremes of the spectrum definitely have it harder in the dating pool and in beauty products in college I kissed you a boy and <gasps> no <laughs> I know I know he turned to me and he said you're my first Indian <laughs> St. Louis was the first time when people would actively point out to me that I was not white Rashika we went to private school and we were clearly around wealthy individuals, a lot of whom came from Cuban immigrant families, they were pretty fair. I can't help but draw a parallel to the shadism issue within India as well, right? You've got the North Indians who are fairer, and then you've got the darker Indians in South India. And there's a, a very clear beauty issue, as we talked about before, where fair is meant to be more beautiful. Historically, if you were fair, if you weren't working out in the fields, you weren't like a blue collar worker, you were well off. Even growing up in, in Miami, I still felt like my shade color was different in places like middle school where we were surrounded by Hispanic people. 
but they were different shades than I was. I was teased like mercilessly for my looks and maybe that was not having to do with my being brown, but <laughs> which is a whole separate topic that I don't know if we should go into. <laughs> but like, like I grew up with, you know, like a mom who was a model, right? Like literally she was a runway model um, and she was a lot whiter than I was. And so kids used to always be like, how could you come from her? They always used to say the mom looks Hispanic, the daughter looks Indian. And so there was like this distinction between us. Even me, like I remember everyone saying, oh, your mom's so beautiful, your mom's so beautiful. And it makes you wonder like what is different from you and your mom and why are people always complimenting her and not you as a child? I'll say in the, in the dating world, I did see a difference in terms of which guys I would get responses from. And whenever I'd find someone of a lighter skinned ethnicity attractive, I would never get responses from them. And I talked to other South Asian friends of mine, they had the same experience. So that's actually when I felt the most different. I've always found my nose to be a big differentiator. In college, I was volunteering at an elementary school and this little African-American kid that I was mentoring, he goes, what's wrong with your nose? <laughs> I just said, oh, it's just different. But I remember coming home and thinking a 10 year old just totally called me out. It like took me a while to realize like, oh, this, this little kid just hasn't seen anyone that looks like me before. He's, yeah. I've been out by my four-year-old and he's like, mommy, your face has a boo-boo. And I'm like, that's a pimple. Like, let's let that go. You know, like, <laughs> you know, I was at Costco one time also, and there was somebody checking us out and my four-year-old was like, oh, you know, her hair is different. And then he like reached over and I was like, oh my God, this is not going to go well. I'm definitely going to get kicked out. And he was like, excuse me, your hair is very beautiful. And it was kind of cool where I was like, oh, like he doesn't really see too much media. So it's kind of like, that's interesting because I think you get shaped with, this is what your nose is supposed to look like. This is what your hair is supposed to look like. This is a skin tone that's acceptable. I was reading something about the TV show Friends, which of course was huge when we were growing up. They talked to Lisa Kudrow and they criticized the show for having an all white cast and not having any minorities on the show. And Lisa Kudrow defended the show. She said, well, it was the 90s. You know, I think for the 90s, we were very progressive in the terms of the social issues that we covered. But of course, now we would have to have a more diverse cast. That's the show I grew up watching. So yeah. seeing all these beautiful white people and thin white women at that time, that's yeah. what was popular in the United States. For some reason, the association is always thin and white. And then mm -hmm. black and curvy. Just to tie it back to like the auntie network, I feel like What's weird about Indians to me is that anytime, at least I see an Indian, they either say you've put on or you've reduced. Before they say hello, it's like, you've put on. So good yeah. to see you. And it's the weirdest thing to me. Yeah. I don't understand how that is fair game, but it somehow is. I shouldn't say like, that anyone. I go to my husband and tell him all the time, like, you put on weight, you put on weight. And it's like, how is that okay? And it's like, especially okay if you're like in that sensitive age when you're 17 to 22 and possibly like looking for a spouse and they're maybe going to arrange a marriage for you. So if you're like, oh my God, you have acne, you're dark, you have put on so much weight. And I always felt that, uh, you know, having a sister who looks very similar to me, but there's people, family members who we hadn't seen and be like, oh, you're darker, she's thinner. And I'm just like, oh, do you not have mirrors in India? to like, you know, to make those comparisons yourselves or do not have weighing scales in India that you're constantly relying on the auntie network 
to tell you what has changed in the last five weeks since you saw them. There's an idea, Ninya, that it's okay to say what you think to your friends and family and that their opinion matters so much that they can say exactly what they think and they're not thinking about what's offensive to you. Maybe if we grew up in India, I wonder if we would say those things to each other. So like, I remember relatives at me, telling me like at 13, oh, like your hips look wider and this looks bigger. And it's very uncomfortable, one thing, for people to be looking at you that way at that age. Secondly, like it makes you so conscious and... I think that's when the whole eating disorder arised for me and it was not an easy thing. They think it's open game, but it's really unfair because it is creating so much like mental issues and body image issues in you. And, you know, I think there needs to be some <laughs> limitations in what you can tell people. I'm, I'm really glad that you feel comfortable opening up about, you know, the eating disorder because I think so many girls, Indian and otherwise at that age, feel judged by their own maybe distant relatives and, you know, friends of the family. I felt like that about things I couldn't change no matter how much I dieted and there was no plastic surgery for it for height. At that point, clothes were not easily available. I, you know, I kind of like just shot up before I widened out. And I used to spend the entire weekend roaming Dayland Mall looking for jeans that fit me. If I wore a dress to like a Indian party, aunties and uncles would inappropriately be like, oh, that dress is way too short. And while it's like, well, I'm 5'8 and 100 pounds and there's not a lot of clothes that are easy to fit 13 year olds of that body type. What am I going to wear like tailored basic clothes? I had um, an Indian auntie that I was sleeping over her house. And you know, I think I was like kind of leaning on the bed and she like, you know, Bitta, don't worry, you might hit your head on the fan. And I was like, I'm not that tall. Like I <laughs> you're just using this time okay. to make fun of my height and I can't change that. Does at that age, again, make you question why you don't look like everybody else. Speaking to the body image concerns, that will happen too. If you're not able to fit into things, you're like, okay, maybe I should become smaller. And why don't I look like this person on TV who's thinner than me because you are curvier than other girls. And you know, th those things happen when you're in middle school. So a lot becomes noticeable. And when you get taller than all your peers, that's just another difference to layer off. Not that I, I believe that this is right, or I'm defending the auntie network, but I feel like, you know, in talking to our moms recently, their sole purpose in life was to get married. And it was really more about external beauty. It's not surprising to know that anyone that's a, a little older or coming from a more conservative Indian background comes to you and literally just judges you for your physicality. My grandmother was a sweetheart, but the first thing she'd say to me is just like, you look so beautiful. What are you doing to your skin? Like it was all physical and nothing about how are you doing? No, definitely no emotional talk and definitely nothing about my career. I'm sure that's kind of like where this notion of also like, oh, you're so tall. Like, are you actually going to find an Indian dude who's going to be tall enough for you? You're so dark. Are you going to find an Indian guy that's going to want to marry you because you're so dark? I do think that they ultimately mean it to be helpful. But I think when you're in this kind of in limbo generation, it was very harmful to feel judged by your own peers. And then you're judged by your aunties. You're like never safe. So I remember when I was little, I would be really upset when you know people used to make comments about my weight or my look. And my dad always used to tell me, that's their way of making conversation. Like that's their, how are you? And they're literally trying to connect with you. They're bad at it, but that's, that's how they do it. Shithal, to your point, it is weird when you're 11 years old and people are commenting on your body. My grandmother always used to say, you have a nice butt. And I'd be like, <laughs> I was like 10 years old and I was like, why is my grandmother looking at my butt so much? Every time I saw her, that's the first thing she said. She like knew our <laughs> Miami standards or something. 
<laughs> Maybe like Indians from India who aren't trained in this, what's politically correct to say, do we all have these thoughts? And then in America, we've like learned to filter them and we don't say our thoughts. Isn't the right thing to really like change the way we think? Even my cousins at Panama are way more direct than I would say Americans are. In America, people just learn to like hide some of their beliefs because you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. With my kids, I am starting to realize that I'm a little bit more protective of my daughter than I am of my son. It kind of bothers me. I notice that I lather on the sunscreen on her and reapply. And with my son, I'm just like, oh, whatever, you're fine. Um, <laughs> and that's when you kind of like, you really have to self-reflect and think about, you know, how are we raising them differently and why in the next generation we need to not just think about what not to say. Obviously those hurtful words is what led to some of our body image issues or in our teenage years. So the words are really hurtful and we need to train people not to say that, but we really need to start thinking about it ourselves. And I felt like my parents were pretty good about this. They never really ever complimented me on my look. Even if I was wearing like shorts that were too short, my dad would just be like, oh, you'll get really cold in the AC. Cute. He never would be like, that's inappropriate for school, go change. They always complimented me on trying hard, having high aspirations. When you have those years where you go through puberty and you look kind of weird, they never really went out of their way to like, help me out or say that, I, you know, things were not yeah. so good in that department. My mom's like, oh, you do want to do your eyebrows this month? Cool. It's time. Let's go. And I think it's important to, especially with girls, shape their minds rather than shape their bodies. I think that's really profound, Priyanka. Thank you so you're much. Welcome. You're pretty <laughs> Pretty and you're profound. Yeah. <laughs> we in the U.S. are so conscious of being politically correct that I think it prevents us from learning. Hearing the story about Sean asking about different hair type, looking at the kids' side of things, there's something really special about the way that they call it out. Essentially, they're doing the mm -hmm. same thing, right? But it's not coming from a judgmental place, it's just coming from an observatory place. That I feel like is probably the gold standard of beauty perception rather than I noticed something different about you and now I judge you and think that you're more inferior or you're more superior. Even my son, uh, Veer, like he went to a drama class and he saw another kid whose name was Veer and I'm like, oh, that's so cool. You guys have the same name. He's like, yeah. He's the same name as me, but his skin is a lot darker than mine. Initially, I'm like, oh, don't say that. But I'm like, wait, why am I saying don't say that? Like, it's fine. He's just observing differences. And it's very authentic and it's very honest and it's not judgmental. Kids have a clean slate, right? They're just yeah. very honest and yeah. they observe what they see. And, and to your point, Ritho, we are taught in this country to be politically correct because we're around so many different cultures and viewpoints all the time. And I think part of that is a good thing. Sure. I think having these discussions will help us realize what our biases are. But mm -hmm. I do think that we have an advantage over people who come from countries where they don't, do not have that diversity and that exposure. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Chit Chat. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter at chitchat.podcast if you have any questions, thoughts, comments, or topics for us to discuss in the future. Send us an email at ilovechitchat at gmail.com. Don't forget... Chat has two A's.